Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A one-woman fire fest. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. So I am not introduced to many new things at this point, the stage of my life. I'm not on the pulse of culture, I would say. But I was introduced to Caroline Calloway through a friend of mine who was fascinated by her. And at, at first glance, she's an Instagram influencer. She's 28 right now. She has almost 700,000 followers. Her Instagram account's bio is writer, art historian, and teacher. And she added to the end of that, no, not that scam, the one you love. Oh, I love a scam. You love a scam. I love a hoax. Yeah. I love a scam. Absolutely. And and she is, again, I can't tell if I'm bored by her or insanely interested by her. It's really hard for me because she symbolizes, if you look at her Instagram, every white woman cliche that you have ever known. But underneath the surface of that, she is so compelling and kind of insidious and a little bit irreverent and highly sexual. There are so many things that are working beneath just the Caroline Calloway masthead. And her, what I found out beyond this and what my friend and I were initially talking about was people found out that she was not doing what she got famous for. So she didn't get famous for like hawking drink, drinks or like, you know, like protein hair stuff. She got famous because she would write these back in 2013, 2012, these long kind of confessional diary-like captions on Instagram posts of herself. And I guess that had not been done before. She was kind of new to the idea of diary documentarian within the realm of Instagram. Because Instagram would usually just be like, you know, hashtag. Yeah, hashtag, hashtag, whatever, emoji. Hers read like fine art. Like she, and again, this is part of it too, which we'll talk about later is her, her, she was an artist. She really enjoyed art. She liked uh, biography and autobiography and art making and and what makes an artist or an auteur. And I think that is very bound into it too. Very interesting. So she grew up in Virginia. At 17, she changed her legal name from Caroline Gottschall to Caroline Calloway, her middle name, because she thought that Calloway would look better on a book cover someday. So she's already coming to this as a 17-year-old with these big, high ambitions, big dreams, but again, dreams just in terms of kind of fame. She she had these diaristic captions chronicling her misadventures. It's all too... Um, kind of started as a trap. It has like a travel lilt to it too, which again, feels very cliche looking at it now as someone in 2020. But at that point, 
it was very new to the form of Instagram. Those were those were definitely glory days of, mm-hmm. of 2012, yeah. 2013. It was perfect. That wanderlust. Right. Oh, exactly. I mean, it still exists, but exactly. it's... Exactly. So she was an American undergrad from Virginia at Cambridge University, and she was an art major. Um, so she had a lot of traveling that she did. She was She's a very, like, conventionally attractive woman. She's very creative. She's also known for having uh, these kind of uh, very poetic updos with lots of like flowers and orchids in her hair. Like again, kind of thing Coachella. Totally. But a little bit more artful than that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to divorce where we are right now from where that started because I think where it started was a lot more creative. Everything kind of broke open when she had this book deal and then it mysteriously dissolved. So that's kind of where the chips in the fun wanderlust armor started really showing people who she really was. This is where Natalie Beach comes in. And a lot of the information that I'm giving you today comes from her Vox article, which really blew this thing open. Um, this was in 20... Was she scammed by her? Kind of. It's okay. it's a really complicated uh, I, relationship. I, I, I remember like... This is coming back to you yeah. slowly. Natalie Beach met Caroline when they were both 20-year-old NYU students. She said in her... Sorry, not Vox a cut essay. She said in her cut essay, Caroline arrived late to the first day of class wearing a designer dress, not knowing who Lori Moore was, but claiming she could recite the poems of Catalyst in Latin. So that's kind of her initial um, introduction to her. According to Natalie, Caroline uh, and her were not friends at first, but Caroline took an interest in Natalie when she wrote an essay about growing up in New Haven. Yale was an obsession of Caroline. She'd been rejected and never really got over it. Natalie grew up around Yale, and when they were hanging out, Caroline showed Natalie her Yale box, a shoebox full of Yale memorabilia. For Caroline's birthday, Natalie gave her three dinner plates stamped with the Yale crest that her mom found outside of a campus building. And according to Natalie, she cried. She was like, oh, my God. Later that winter, Caroline said that the plates and a ring had been stolen from her West Village apartment filled with lots of, you know, like nice things, Apple products, whatever. But Natalie mentions she later saw Caroline wearing her ring. And this is the first time she thought, is is my friend lying to me kind of a thing. And Natalie, too, describes herself as being kind of like shy, mousy. At that point, Caroline had like eyelash extensions. She was blonde. She was very skinny. She was very precocious, had like a real confidence to her that Natalie kind of wanted um, and envied in a lot of ways. But they were very close friends at NYU. In 2012, Caroline Calloway posted a picture of a color wheel of macaroons on a platform called Instagram. According to Caroline, the picture landed on the favorites page and she gained 50,000 followers, mostly envious teenage girls. Her handle was hashtag adventuregram, stating that you could have an adventure anywhere. According to Natalie, Caroline had always been obsessive and confident, but Instagram focused those qualities like sunlight through a magnifying glass. And again, I feel like this is pretty typical of a lot of influencers where you're taking this personality and you're making it bigger. It's so curated. You're giving people this image of you. When traveling in Sicily with Natalie, Caroline really took the influencer role, packing multiple outfits for shoots, having her phone on her knee to watch the likes rolling, responding to every comment. The two missed three non-refundable flights because of bad wind and Natalie couldn't pay her way home to New Haven after the trip. Caroline used her credit card and charm and in return, uh, Natalie offered to edit Caroline's Instagram posts uh, to pay her $800 plane ticket back to the States. From South Brooklyn, Natalie helped Caroline develop hashtag adventuregrams, and Caroline began to pay her. It was the summer of 2013, and the first time that Natalie had ever been paid to be a writer to begin with, which is very exciting to her. She thought also that, and this they make a big point in this article, that Instagram was the future of writing, that it was very... Um, 
you know, profound, kind of intimate. You had complete control over it, what you were putting out there, and having this momentum of having long diary entries felt very almost like a Taylor Swift album kind of a thing, but Instagram version. Natalie went back to NYU and Caroline enrolled at Cambridge. When Natalie got evicted, she asked to rent Caroline's unoccupied West Village studio when she worked on her caption, like while she was working on her captions. Caroline agreed, but a week before move-in, she said that the value of gold dropped and her family was low on money. So she had to rent the apartment on Airbnb and needed Natalie to coordinate the Airbnb people coming in for $200 a week. Natalie, again, consistently broke, said yes, but Caroline treated her like shit because of this, and it really fractured their friendship. Eventually, Natalie quit, and they never talked to each other. Until the spring of 2015, where Natalie reached back out to Caroline, who was on a press tour after news of a book deal. She had an agent, Bird Level, uh, or Levell, who also represented the fat Jew, Tucker Max, and Donald Trump at the time. They're just a, a, a real, <laughs> just the Woo! best of the best. That's right. The all-stars. That September, Caroline came back to New York, book proposal due in three days, and she was freaking out. So she called Natalie. Natalie came over, and the two took a ton of Adderall, working through the night. At some point, Caroline officially asked Natalie to come on as a paid editor. According to Natalie, I was so tired I was hallucinating the tools I had used at my landscaping job the Friday we began. A chainsaw and garden spade floated above Caroline's head as she asked me what a fair percentage was, and I blearily suggested 35. She agreed. While the proposal that they wrote on Adderall for that long period of time was not usable, the deal stuck. For the next two months, Natalie worked off of Caroline's notes to craft a new 103-page book proposal. The Caroline character was like a, a young adult protagonist, sincere, thoughtful, love, beautiful, you know, loving life, like a, a manic pixie dream girl, but very, very rich. The book would be called And We Were Like, um, like how women start, like a lot of young women start conversations. And everyone was so excited about it. In January 2016, however, Caroline had to freak out in Cambridge and said she could not finish the book. Natalie flew out there and found her completely dependent on Adderall, reclusive, failing out of her classes, depressed, not exactly her adventure gram persona. There, Caroline revealed a different origin story and finally kind of came clean to Natalie, one that didn't involve a pretty color wheel of macaroons. The real story, she said, is that she took a series of meetings with literary professionals who told her that no one would buy a memoir from a girl with no fan base or credits or anything. And so Caroline made a name online, taking out ads designed to look like posts to promote an account and buying tens of thousands of followers, which meant the proposal was sold based off of a completely false number. This gave the book a new bend, she thought, a self-made woman exploiting a new form of media, which is like, okay, great, like new framework, but they were already going down this very specific road. This all took a toll on Natalie Beach. In 2017, she moved to LA after another deadline passed from the book. She bought them more time with the publishers by writing a quarter of the manuscript, but Caroline hated it so much she threatened suicide if Natalie wrote any more. Car Caroline clarified to a New York fact checker that she wasn't suicidal because she disliked the writing. She just had a huge Adderall addiction and because she had sold a memoir, she couldn't write. Caroline then claimed her not writing the book was an intentional stand against the patriarchy and a publishing industry that insisted her life story be defined by the men she dated, which is not altogether untrue. They really 
Um, according to my research, they really did want it to be like a lot about her dating, but she also describes a lot of her Instagram, especially those early days are about guys she dated and her boyfriend and falling in love and sex and all of that. So it wasn't coming from absolutely nowhere. No, it was not coming from absolutely nowhere. Her publisher then asked her to return the $100,000 advance and her book deal, not even the whole advance. I believe she got three seventy-five, dollars and her book deal was formally dissolved. She stopped posting for a while on Instagram. You'd think she went away, but oh no. In December 2018, Calloway reappeared, announcing to her followers that she was going to host a creativity workshop in the spring and that fans could attend. I remember this. Yes. Okay. For $165, fans could meet with Calloway, receive a care package, not a ghost town one. Those are real and very legit. And hear directly from the influencer herself. After getting some positive responses, Calloway announced that she was expanding the workshop into a series of tours all over the U.S. Journalist Kaylee Donaldson documented the lead up to Calloway's first planned workshop, which is an incredible read. Oh, my God. Uh, she called it a scam, saying that Calloway was charging a huge amount of money for a workshop she admits she wrote in one day. Keep in mind, this was the summer of scam. We had Anna Delvey, Anna Delvey yeah. which... Um, we had Anna, Anna Sor- who is is Anna Sororkin? What name yes. did you go by? Anna Sor- Sor- Sororkin is her. Yeah. Um, we had the two fire festivals in production. We had Theranos. We would soon have the college admissions scandal coming up. There was a lot going on in the scam world. So, of course, you know, Donaldson's tweets went viral and a lot of people paid a lot of attention to this. Um, many of the things fans were promised were canceled or totally lackluster. This included personal letters to each attendee, which were canceled. A homemade lunch. She, Caroline shared photos of several pans of eggplant cooking in her studio apartment stove, commenting how difficult it was to cook, cook a lunch for 45 people. Coffee with oat milk, boxes of coffee. No oat milk was there, which was also the sponsor. Rude oat milk was the sponsor, and they had none of the product there. You were also, if you went to this workshop, promised a flower crown, which became an orchid clipped to Caroline's hair put in the person's hair during the photo op and then put back into Caroline's hair Um, and a care package and a care package, which included an envelope filled with a handful of Etsy sourced floral stickers, a labelless tea light candle, a stick of cleansing Palo Santo wood, a crystal, which later turned out to just be a rock, an empty lidless Mason jar, a tiny envelope of wildflower seeds, another notebook, this one with morning pages on the front and a box of matches customized with the Callaway House logo, kind of a riff off of Cambridge's house system. In one memorable Instagram story, Caroline freaked out when she realized how large an order 1,200 mason jars, which she planned to give the attendees, would be. In fact, Callaway eventually canceled most of her tour, but two New York City appearances. I apologize to anyone who felt cheated by the price point of 165 Whether you attended the tour or not, I take full responsibility for letting my total inexperience with event planning and greed, capital letters, create a situation where the details of the tour were ever-changing, preparation wasn't adequate, and the event did not match the description by the time it went on. I was overconfident in believing that I had something to offer people that was worth $165, and this experience has been incredibly humbling. In May of 2020, and so this is interesting, too, because it's like I kind of just, unfolding. Keep, I mean, sometimes they, they keep the money, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah. you know, it's like I've just paid myself. All I have to do is I pretty much pay, got paid to apologize eventually. Yeah, kind of. And I think she did, um, the journalist who went did get her money back, but who's to say? In May of 2020, Natalie Beach published her 
side of Caroline Calloway's story again, which is referenced in what we just talked about. A month later, Calloway announced that she would be publishing a response, a memoir titled Scammer, that would be printed on demand and shipped in spring of 2020. In July 2020, Calloway announced that the book was estimated to ship by 31st of August for anyone who had ordered it. No one got the book. In April, Calloway posted a nude photo of herself on Twitter account with a humble apology for the delay in publication for the first part of her essay, I Am Caroline Calloway, that was a part of her memoir. A month ago, Calloway created her OnlyFans account. Calloway said she intended to uh, enter the adult entertainment industry and had been planning that for a long time, and that Playboy had commissioned a photo shoot of her dressed as a student in the library. Playboy clarified that they did not have any photo shoot planned with Calloway ever at any time. Calloway has described her sex work as sexualizing tragedy, juxtaposing sexual content with personal loss, such as a partially undressed photograph of herself captioned with details of her father's death. So that's where we're at right now with Caroline Calloway. She seems to, you know, like likes a lot of likes to set things up and promote things. Mm-hmm. And probably if you, it seems like it could be successful, it seems like things that are like not really out of reach to be successful. But I think mm-hmm. the thing is the follow through is like, they don't have any interest in following through. Yeah, you can't you can want something all you want. But you need to be able to do that, which she obviously is intelligent and creative in her own way. But she just there was a dissonance in how she felt she needed to use that because she if she had just been like kind of like tricky, you know, this Internet personality influencer, that would be one thing. But she her first ultimate goal was like a book deal. So you use these things like a book deal. So the experience of Caroline Calloway is Caroline Calloway. It's not a product of her. Yeah. Like she the most interesting thing about her wasn't the thing she tried to do with the all the things that she did not do. Mm-hmm. I guess. She also has this like baby voice. She again, I went down a wormhole so hard on this and I don't even know why. Cause to me, she is so much a cliche, like a caricature of this woman, but also like, I can't look away. Well, listen, you don't need $165 to go to our Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash ghost town pod. No flower wreaths. You don't have to do that. No flower wreaths. And got new tears <laughs> and we got. Stuff that helps support the show, mm-hmm. and it's really great. And and where's our book deal? Our our Playboy shoot <laughs> is happening. <laughs> it is happening, but it's 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 Playboy.gov. It's a oh. different. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what you think. Like, yeah, but it is what you think. It's exactly what you think. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Oh, 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 oh. 
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. It's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark. <laughs> this is Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Good evening, listener. I'm Steve Taylor, your host to a horror anthology podcast where we ask you to depart from your safe perception of reality to descend with us into the frightening depths and dark corners of twisted imaginations. With carefully curated original tales of terror each week, our deepest rooted fears are brought to the forefront by a diverse cast of voice talent and masterfully eerie sound design that bring these stories to life. We'll give you tales of unnerving encounters with the occult, harrowing hauntings, and sinister seances that show just how darkness knows no bounds. If you're like us here at Chilling Tales and enjoy feeling your stomach filling with dread as dastardly demons dance in your head, make sure to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe now to always be the first to enjoy the horror show. (laughs) 